I am very excited to welcome a guest into the studio today. My crack producer and wife has completely rebuilt our studio here where we can uh, flexibly handle guests in the studio. And uh, it is a gorgeous picture with beautiful lighting. And Del Bigtree is our first guest in this entire- Gorgeous, gorgeous guest. Hold your thoughts until I bring you in. It is a gorgeous desk, <laughs> gorgeous guest, but I'm going to bring him in. You can find him uh, at thehighwire.com. You can find him uh, on X at, at De Del Bigtree. It's just like it sounds. What cut off? Okay, and uh, at the at High Wire Talk is uh, on X, and of course, uh, Gab the at the High Wire. We, we'll bring Gail, Del Victory in here after this. Our laws, as it pertain to substances, are draconian and bizarre. The psychopaths start this way. He was an alcoholic. Because of social media and pornography, PTSD, love addiction, fentanyl and heroin, ridiculous. I'm a, I'm a doctor for <laughs> sake. Where the hell you think I learned that? I'm just saying, you go to treatment before you kill people. I am a clinician. I observe things about these chemicals. Let's just deal with what's real. We used to get these calls on Loveline all the time. Educate adolescents and to prevent and to treat. If you have trouble, you can't stop and you want to help stop it. I can help. I got a lot to say. I got a lot more to say. Valentine's Day is around the corner, so it is time to look your absolute best. Our friends at Genucell are celebrating Valentine's Day with a special gift just for you. From now until Valentine's Day, get a limited-time gift of beauty box free with your order at genucell.com slash Drew. Each beauty box has two of Genucell's top sellers for you to give a try. It's absolutely free. And right now, save over 60% off all of our favorite Genucell products with one of our customized skincare packages. I know I'm a snob about the products I use on my face. Everybody knows it. Every time I go to the dermatologist's office, they're just rows and rows of different creams. Retinols, vitamin C cream, under eye cream, night creams. Scrubs. And then when I get to the counter, they're overpriced. All kinds of products that you can all find at Genucell.com. Plus, with its immediate effects, Genucell promises results that will make you smile. It's guaranteed or 100% of your money back. To let yourself and a loved one with our limited edition bundles right now at genucell.com slash Drew. Use our special code Drew at checkout for extra savings off your order today. And remember, every order placed is automatically upgraded to free shipping. Don't wait. That is genucell.com slash Drew, G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com slash D-R-E-W. As a physician, I am deeply concerned about efforts to erode the doctor-patient relationship. And as medical freedom continues to come under assault, I'm on a mission to empower you to be able to take care of yourselves and your family the way you want to. I urge you to get this medical emergency kit from the wellness company. It contains essential prescription medication you should really always have on hand. Here's Dr. Peter McCullough, Chief Scientific Officer. It's a very broad and diverse medical kit. can handle everything from a urinary tract infection, a fungal infection, a bronchitis. People can, you know, via telemedicine, uh, get their questions answered and get on the right track. But it's basically an at-home formula. Yep. For the first time, people, instead yep. of being uh, uh, held captive by an urgent care or by a doctor's office or an ER, they can actually do this themselves at home. Save yourself the weight and the hassle and feel better faster. Go to drdrew.com slash TWC for 10% off. That is drdrew.com slash TWC for 10% off the medical emergency kit.
And we are back in studio. We need to name our studio, like the YMH used to have studio jeans, Susan. We need to, not, don't do it right this second. Playroom pod. Playroom podcast pods. studio. Fair, yeah. fair enough, Caleb. Del Victory in the house. I appreciate you coming all the way in here. It's a pleasure. We've sort of, we've had you in here once before. We've run into each other in airports. Yeah, we which do. Is, which is where you spend most of your time these days, it seems if like. You, if you want to find me, just stand in an airport somewhere. I'm sure I'll pass you by. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and let me quickly, again, give the particular, the High Wire is the pod. Yes, yeah, the podcast, every Thursday. Highwire.com, yeah. uh, at the High Wire Talk. No, at High Wire Talk on X, at Del Bigtree. Your name is ex spelled exactly like it sounds. So yes. I'm gonna, maybe maybe Dell with one L. Shouldn't have to spell it out. Like, people are like, how do you spell that? I was like, really? Is it getting that bad? Yeah. <laughs> and and just as the mics were starting to heat up here, you you uh, said, God, it's so weird. So many people who thought they were liberal mm. suddenly realizing that free speech is under attack, yeah. and the, the suddenly the the frame has shifted, and uh, it's left us in the dirt somewhere and i was saying that i sort of always felt like dave rubin was the poster child for that yeah but uh, you are too i was a loud mouth progressive liberal screaming how the republicans were just going to take away our freedom and and censor us and you well, know they, bring they in were. the authoritarian spent, military I, state you i spent know? most of my career fighting the right i, I was yeah. advocating for uh morning after contraceptives i was advocating for the hpv vaccine i didn't feel about that right. but i was a very strong advocate and i was fighting and and by the way i had a show that they thought was inappropriate i dared to speak to young people about sex and relationships right yeah sure and so entire career fighting that group and then kaboom all of a sudden Just, right <laughs> the other group came a total pole shift overnight oh, wow. you know it wild. was uh it is really wild and i you know, friends, my family, you know, I they're like, well, okay, the censorship part, you know, the Biden administration's got that wrong, but the rest of it is like, what rest? I mean, it's it's down the line, you know, as far as I can tell, authoritarianism, right? Just we're going to decide what you think, what you do, you know, what you do with your money, whether you can step outside. I mean, like the whole thing is the, just the really, opposite of what the left was all about my whole life. Right. It was all about live your own life, do what you want, man, leave people alone. Yeah. And, and by the way, protecting gay people, protecting right. people of color, protect them to do what they want to do, man. It's like. Right. Let your freak flag fly. Do you remember, right? the, remember the Peter Fonda, Caleb, find this. I'm sorry, but I don't know if we can air it even. A Peter Fonda clip at the end of, it wasn't Easy Rider, it was a film like that. Free and, to be me. Yeah. And the, the judge goes, a group of young people, and then he goes, what is it you want to do? And he goes. We want to do what we want to do. We want to free. We want to be free. We want to get high. <laughs> we want to ride. Right. Like, that, was, that was the left. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we're going to centralize authority, which is I don't understand how you can imbue all goodness in centralized authority. That to me, that to me is a central mistake mm -hmm. that seems to be being made these days. Do you agree with me? Well, look, I think it's the very thing that our founding fathers you know really sort of projected this is where you're going to go like you know make sure states rights stays powerful keep you know you know the separations of the branches of government we still have don't the let funding right. Right. it's still our strength we still it, have, it is and, and, and by the way it's one of the things i think sort of saved us in covid when you look at australia you look at canada you look at these Correct. places that really went down the tubes yep. it held on by a thread you know mm -hmm. what i mean but texas and you know a few states missouri like really pushed back and showed, wait a minute, there's another way. Florida, of course. Um, so those types of things. And and also, the, the, you know, centralized banking and central, I mean, 
what I, I'm blown away when you go back and read what the founding fathers were talking about, that they project, you know, predicted that. They anticipated that. it. They anticipated it. It's anticipated really, everything. really stunning. It's stunning. And yet, because of our current moment, I have found myself becoming a, a dilettante, but a student of history a mm -hmm. little bit. And um, I, people that watch this show hear me every day talk about the French Revolution. They must be, so I know my wife is tired of me talking about it. But, but it just, it's so many echoes in the present moment in terms of, the things people are thinking, the personality styles, the the guillotines, which are cancellation now. It's the same thing, mm -hmm. same damn thing. And uh, I, I, people have done this before. And so the 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 framers knew that. We've gone a long way without having to come back to this kind of primitive BS. And so we've forgotten about it in a weird way. Yeah. Sort of I, mean, really, I mean, but you look at it, it's been a flash. I mean, we're so young still really yeah. as a nation. It That's is right. just a few hundred years and we've sort of gone this full, you know, uh, loop back to what we're running from in, in many ways. So it's, uh, it's really, it's amazing. I actually think it's amazing. What, think, what, do you have you know, any theories to what's motivating the desire? See, I, 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 do you know who Mark Chankese is? No. He's a cognitive psychologist. He's a physicist who's made a study of all the crazy thinking and cognitive distortions of COVID particularly. And he has said, you know, he is sort of beginning to see that left and right are distilled down into the right uh, sort of Im Im indul imbuing goodness in the individual. And the left is interest centralizing authority and imbuing goodness in the centralized authority. It's sort of a, Interesting. a fundamental sort of difference. And my question is, Where'd that come from? What's motivating that? And my fear is, but those of you who weren't watching on Rumble before this, the cameras heated up, we were watching me interview um, Bob, uh, Rob Schneider, and we were talking about um, some of the corruption and stuff that's showing up. And, you know, what about Hunter Biden? And, and I said in that interview, I'm worried they're all involved yeah. in something not so great. And then now we're protecting that. That's what I fear is motivating some of this centralizing of everything and then we're right. circling the wagons around it and censoring like don't let the cat out of the bag don't let people read about you know the weaknesses and the things that we've told them they should be following and you know i, I think the i don't know if i have some giant general principle though i question every day but i what i really question is my own journey right what i've watched myself go through for instance talking about looking at founding fathers talking about history I actually remember when hearing songs about flags and eagles and, you know what I mean, America, I would kind of like get nauseous. Like, I mean, I would say, honestly, like as a liberal, those were thoughts that were kind of gross. Like they were like, we're just, the, you know, well, that's the authoritarian America and like we're better than like that. That's sort it, it of was, like, and you know. And by the way, I did, you a lot know. of that stuff came, if you remember Anita Bryant and all the condemnation of, I forget, was, was it music or gay men or something? Gay men or teachers. And right, that. right. And, and, uh, and, and, and it all came out of Florida. <laughs> right. Remember that? Right. No, yeah. I don't. Not I don't not particularly that that well, part. Well, maybe of it, I but, thought yeah. it did because she was the uh, you know, a day without orange juice is like a morning without sunshine. Right. And that was the Florida orange juice organization all together. Yeah. But it, it you know, it all again it, whew, it turned on its yeah. head. Well, now I look back. I mean, that was the thing is and I remember I was talking to a libertarian friend arguing like just just right before I got into all of the vaccine investigations and things. And I was, you know, he was a libertarian and he was saying one day the Democrats are going to step on a right that you actually care about. And then you'll realize how dangerous they are. I was like, whatever. And like, sure enough. How long ago was that? 
That would have been right around 2014, 15, just prior to starting to investigate this vaccine issue, which was something that, you know, I believe in medical choice. And once in an SB 277, that whole push in California to forcibly vaccinate kids, that whole thing just really shocked me that we were going to take away your and, right and to by the choose way, by the way, as liberals. I was know. a modest supporter of that at the time. Uh, of SB 277. Sure. That I was, mean, look. That was Dr. Lou or something. No, no, He's no. He's a pediatrician no, no. Yeah, in yeah, yeah, State yeah. Congress here. Yeah. And, I, and he was like, and I remember I interviewed him once. He goes, we need to Pan, get over. Senator Richard Pan. Pan. I can't believe him. I've, I've like got PTSD. I like to push that he, guy out. He goes, the, I interviewed him. He says, we, we got to get over this. It's time to be yeah. come to the modern age and we have to protect the kids and we have medical people have an obligation to just get get people past their biases and their stupidities and stuff right and i was like yeah i think you're right yeah and and i'm like now i'm like uh-oh yeah <laughs> well i mean that's you know that's it it's in, and that's how authoritarianism comes in right well it's a good idea as long as it's a good idea it's, it's benevolent dictatorship then it's okay you know well this same mark chankese who i've interviewed here and i mentioned a few minutes ago he has also made the point that whenever social Social evils are perpetrated. Think, think about large-scale mm -hmm. ideological movements. Okay. It, it's always in the name of good that untold harm is done to people. Always in the name of what's right for them, what's good, whether it's the Cultural Revolution in China or uh, what Lenin thought he was doing or what Robespierre thought he was doing. They were all self-righteous, saving humanity, yeah. doing what was good. Really? I think that that's part of, like, when we look at the dystopian novels, when you read Brave New World or 1984 or Fahrenheit 451, you never see the precursor, right? It's just you're just living in this really right. dark world. That's right. And what we didn't realize, I mean, it always seemed like it was done to the people. Oh, it was just done to them. What we're what I'm realizing now is that. they voted it in. Yeah, like they yeah. was like, oh, this is the greatest idea ever. We're going to be happy forever. Or we won't have to work, or I don't have to, you know, worry about my, you know, our sexual differences, or I mean, all of these things, or that war outside of this is going to be taken care of for us. We'll be safe. You know, we come into those books when it's in the middle of it. Right now, I think we're really seeing what that journey is in that slow roll. I mean, I, I've been arguing with friends my whole life since I was a kid, sort of obsessed with Nazi Germany. And I would say, look, I'm pretty sure anyone would be a Nazi. At least 99.9% .9 of people will, you know, under, you know, some socialization can be, you know, taught to hate and do atrocities. And, but I think we don't really see that it is coming from a place of good. It, made, it seemed harder because it was like, oh, well, they're just gonna make you mean. And one of the things that I've said is I always knew everyone was capable of being a Nazi. It was just during COVID, I didn't realize it only took five minutes. <laughs> I mean, it was so fast. Yeah, right? The whole thing true. just shifted so fast. Like, hey. they're the bad guys. They're going to get you sick. If they're not vaccinating, if they're out there without their mask, then turn them in. It's like, okay, dude, 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 dude. I got one right now. I mean, it was like... It, Incredible. Just in seconds. Christmas of 2020. <laughs> it was two days before, three days before Christmas, her birthday. I was going to get the vaccine for her birthday. I said, because we were going to travel. What a great gift. Well, because we were going to travel, and <laughs> okay. I, I needed the vaccine in order to travel. And I went to my hospital, where I've been attending for 35 years. I was, first of all, met at the glass door by some dude who's like, what do you want? Like, it's like the entrance to Oz. You know? like, <laughs> no way, no how. It's right. like, it's like I, I'm, I have an appointment. I filled out the pay. I filled out the thing. I'm here to get my vaccine. Who are you? Were you the lot? A big shakedown. Okay, fine. Yeah. Attending here. And as a senior attending, 35 years in this yeah. facility, walking the floors. And uh, I go in. He goes behind the counter. And 
he starts screaming at me as like a 28-year-old kid in a, in a security outfit now. Where are your papers? Where are your papers? And I, and I thought, oh my God, this is like a border crossing in a World War II movie. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. I thought, oh, that's, that's how this happens. Yeah. You, you give people this authority. You tell them they're doing the right Especially thing. Especially weak people, people that never had authority before, right? And, just I, and think about it. I'm a senior attending at this facility where I've been walking around for 35 years, and now some kid who was just hired as a security guard is going to shake me down and love it. He yeah. clearly loved it. And, and okay, because my paperwork wasn't in order, I had to run around the hospital to convince people that I needed it. At my hospital, they wouldn't give me a COVID vaccine because I didn't meet their criteria. So I was running around trying to convince because I was taking care of COVID patients at the time. And I wanted to volunteer in the ER in the tent for COVID patients because I wasn't scared of this thing. Right. So I'll go in and take care of people. I got COVID running around the damn place. <laughs> Severe COVID. Bad COVID. Wow. Bad COVID. But uh, then I still have to take the damn vaccine because wow. in order to go to Greece that summer, you had to have your damn card. Oh, man. To get on the plane, to go to the restaurant. He's pointing to me. It's, it was my fault. No, I loved it. It was great. But This uh, is back to the Adam and Eve story but, all over again. <laughs> <laughs> but I knew I didn't need it. I knew it because yeah. I had, oh, this is the reaction of the vaccine I had. Look, see that? Wow. That's called a raccoon's eye. And I took the J&J &J vaccine because I thought, ah, I just want to take just one. Just one shot. and done. Want, yeah. Next day, they canceled it. The day after I took it, they took it off the market. And I got the severe reaction. Wow. Uh, and fortunately, the, that, uh, particular, that particular reaction is a sign of transverse sinus thrombosis in the skull, which is the dreaded complication of the J&J &J vaccine. So I didn't I, do it, I swear. So I had the early, so I had the early manifestations, wow. and I just thought, well, we're going to see how this goes. And at the time, no men had had that complication at that Great. I'm going to be Perfect. the only male that has a thrombotic thrombocytopenia purpura and a transverse sinus thrombosis. Great. Uh, <laughs> Amazing. Great. And it kind of went away. But uh, was not uh, comfortable. And I was sick for a few days with it, too. And unnecessary. Totally unnecessary. And by the way, at the time, I was working with a company that I still admire greatly called Additix that had this very elaborate score of all the different antibodies. Still, we can measure more than just your spike protein antibodies. We can measure to nucleocapsin. We can measure neutralizing antibodies. It's not part of the routine thing. No. And it should be. We've been asking that really, for that for years well, with the vaccine uh, program. I mean, just can we at least start with if my kid can titer out? They're like, well, titers don't necessarily, you know, mean well, that you're. You know, well, then that's but that's all you use in the trials to say that your vaccine is working. I mean, it's it's amazing. So in a trial, it's okay. But if I want to test out of getting it, then the titers don't mean anything. I would have been unsympathetic to that five years ago. I know. I know. <laughs> now I, know. I am quite sympathetic. Welcome. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know how to answer it because yeah. the reality is we should be studying more of these more elaborate uh, profiles yeah. to be able to know how to use them. But we haven't been because nobody's been investing in that. Right. And now, now there's you can you can you know think of evil intent in that because it's not. But there's a group. I again, I work with a group that should be doing more testing on that. So yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't tend to lean in the. I mean, I I try to avoid just lopping everything into evil. I think it's, it's never you know. it's never like there's no no mustache twirling. Yeah. There's no there's no it and it's almost always in the name of good. Right. Well, that's the point. Yeah. Right. And and I think people think they're doing good, and the you know, doctors are mostly you know brainwashed to believe that. I mean, we were just talking about that, right? That oh, you're sending yeah. people home without any treatment whatsoever. It's like the first time any illness in the 
you know, in the modern world that we've said, you know what, the real, the best treatment is just don't do anything at all. I mean, it like defies everything we know to be true about modern medicine, which is always the earlier the treatment is, the more successful you're going to be. But somehow, well, I, I will even add to know. that, and this is the part that bothered me: people were sent home with no care. Our job is to care for the patient. Mm -hmm. Once you've seen a patient, you are responsible for their follow-up, for their ongoing supervision and care. Yeah. When I see a patient for the first time, they become my responsibility. And to just send somebody home with an oxygen monitor on their finger and come back when you're blue, I, just mind-blowing. Yeah. That was the first shoe to drop for me that was so mind-blowing in this experience. Yeah. And again, the, ones, the folks that did that in my profession were employees. And they were just following instructions. There you go. That's how centralization can do untoward harm. I think that was pretty much the argument of the, you know, every doctor in the Nuremberg trial, right? I was just doing what I was told. And that you ultimately give me, you give me you know, chills when you say that. doesn't end up being a defense in the end. 70% of doctors were members of the Nazi party in Germany. I, I now, after being through COVID, I don't think you have Nazi Germany without doctors. Oof. I, I actually—that's how far well, I'm going with this. I, I, listen, you know? I, let me add one more. Let me put yeah. one more feather in that cap and just say, you know, the the terror, the reign of terror in France. The the first incarnation of the republic was fairly benign. The Jacobins—it was, it was idealistic and bullshit, but it got taken over by the Saint Culotte, who was uh, who the head of that group was Robespierre. And Robespierre had a committee that he put together to adjudicate justice. And he was doing good in the name of the Republic. Mm -hmm. And his committee, do you know what it was called? This was the one that brought out the guillotines in full force and brought the reign of terror. No. The Committee for Public Safety. Right. Right. Safety uber alice, man. That is a dangerous yeah. philosophy. Not only is it dangerous for a government to take safety as their ultimate goal, it's no way to live. It's not a life, I'm right? I mean, you, Absolutely. you just told well, me that you're right. You were not yeah. being very safe in your no, ski No, no, I was just, yes, yeah. yeah. I was skiing with Robert Kennedy Jr., and then, as it turns out, the guy likes to go almost 60 miles an hour, so it's about the fastest I've been on a pair of skis now I'm worried about, I, I'm worried about what that testosterone <laughs> is doing to him now. They're making him a little hypomanic, But I mean, look, like, look at that safety term. Like, here in the United States of America, I mean, that, is it Ben Franklin that said, you know, or was it Jefferson that, you know, said that you should never give up a little bit of liberty to gain a little bit of safety, because you'll have neither liberty nor safety like all our again our founding fathers yeah. said the same thing yes, you yes. know safety is not the answer yes you know the pursuit of happiness allows for danger and risk you know and risk no without risk there's not reward right i, I get yeah. sick when i think about this stuff because it it's so infiltrated the the zeitgeist of young people it makes me feel so horrible for them there's no thrill there's no excitement there's no investment there's no no fun I really grapple this, like, because my kid's turning 15, he's just turned 15, he's going to be driving a car soon. And I'm seeing the end, the end of car driving is around the corner, right? It's just going to be electric cars that are run by Google satellites or whatever, and you'll never speed, you know, I'm sure. I'm, and hey. there will be no accidents, there'll be no anything, but... I mean, you're, you're gonna. That's you're, like the American pastime is just stepping on it once in a while. Our kids are never going to experience that. You're about to go through a little education, because while your kid will get a license because you were there f pushing it, uh, at least half of his peers will just not even get a license. They just don't care. 
They just have no. Honestly, it was freedom again. Freedom, freedom right? Freedom. I've, yeah, I've they've had, got I've Uber, a couple got relatives whatever. like that. Like, so you're not driving. Like, 20 years old. Like, nah. I'm like, freedom, man. It's what? A freedom doesn't uh, have a great virtue for them. I, I don't think, or I don't know why. That's a really I, good point. Yeah. I. It, it, they. They. It, mm -mm. It, we have to really. We have to make the future look more enticing and more exciting for young people because I really feel bad for for what it looks like to them. I agree. I, I've been thinking a lot about that. I've been thinking about. I mean, this is probably in your world more, just all the modernization of parenting, which is like, you know, I hear it all the time. Just make sure that you have a constant schedule, a really, you know, defined yeah, schedule yeah, yeah. and structure, keep everything structure, organized. Structure, structure, structure. Yeah. structure and yeah. oh my God, your day is not structured. Your kids are going to fall out. All of these, like, you know, what do they call them? Microaggressions and all like the, the and, and I'm telling you, like working with these young kids coming up, which I'm doing more of now, as soon as you change anything in their schedule, like recently with one of them, I said, you know, we're not going to fly you to so-and-so. Instead, we're going to put you in a car. You're going to go shoot a video. And they're like, but I'm, I'm flying today. I was like, no, no, no we're changing oh. that plan. But I have a oh. rental car. I was oh, like, yeah, boy. you're going to take the rental car, drop it off, then just Uber over and hop into the car. We're taking you. And it was back to, but... But I'm on. A, I have a flight today. I mean, I was, I was like, I was like stuck in this <laughs> circle, and it was, yeah. and I could tell like they were getting tense. Like, wait a minute, I my day is already set, and I'm like, it's changing, and it's, and I see it more and more. Like any change, they can't handle it all. So I'm like, you know, and I'm starting to really mess with my kids. Like I'm just tearing out structure. I'm just gonna like, we're gonna, you know, where are we going, Dad? You're never gonna know. Like yeah. it's, it's wild time. Get in you the know? car. Get in the car. Wild man, big tree. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> We got to fix a problem here. I'm seeing a problem, and I don't want you to have it. <laughs> so on uh, my restream, Greg the Baritone gave us the quote, those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor ah, safety. Ben Franklin. Ben Franklin. All right. Yeah, I, I guess right the first time. Yeah. This has been quoted to me a number of times. Yeah. I, I always, oh, sorry. Sorry, sorry, I'm just taking a picture. Yeah. Good, going live. I, I took. I, I was on Twitter Spaces and I just disconnected it from the Spaces for a second. So okay, there we go. Um, uh, yeah, let's see. Yeah, I mean, we were just talking about you know raising kids, child, like all of the the issues that we have. I mean, and you look at our depression numbers through the well, roof. That, that I mean, is that's so the much. that's the screens meets a predictable response to lockdown. Just yeah. predictable. Yeah, I, I predicted it when it started. I said we're going to yeah. destroy twelve, eight to fifteen year olds. Destroy them. Yeah, and they, I, I just hope they, your kids in that category. Yeah, I, I hope they grow up pissed. They should be furious. What was done with it? They took their middle school and high school years, just destroyed them. Be angry about that. You know what I think is when it was happening. I thought what was really weird about we pulled our kids out of the school. Like we start, we actually started our own school in Texas. My wife and I, and ended up just saying, "Hey, in our school, there's no mask. This isn't happening. We're gonna, you know." And like 55 kids, you know, we had like five parents that agreed with us. And the day we opened our school, like 55 kids walked in. But what I thought was, and, and part of it was, my son, you know, at, at that point it would have been like 12, 13 had a really strong sense of himself, but I didn't want him arguing with his peers who were all wearing masks all the time. Oh, I didn't want I him having it. to explain himself. Yeah, you could imagine you know, how he'd get, and, he'd get, he'd get in fights. Where that would be. Yeah, yeah. And then I thought, this is like no other, tra I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I felt like every other tragic moment that's happened to a generation, you know, whether it's the Blitzkrieg or, you know, some, some war experience, the kids share that experience and come out of it as a generation saying, remember when this happened to us? 
What really concerns me about this is that we were so divided on what was actually happening. My kids are like, this is our government overreach. It's totally out of control. None of this is necessary. You should be allowed to go to school. You don't need this mask. You don't have to vaccinate. And then the other half, the population is telling their kids, you have to do what's right. You got to wear the mask. This is like the best part. And those people are the bad people. So you're going to have this generation of kids that have two totally diametrical perspectives on what they went through. I mean, mm -hmm. what it, they got, you know, they'll find their groups, but they won't have a shared, you know, tragedy. It's, it's totally different experience yes. for both of them. One, you know, yes. but, and for both of them, it's a bit like a civil war. The other side's perspective was what was really putting everyone at danger. Caleb, unfortunately, I can't, I can't uh, read what you put up there. There's a bunch of stuff piled up in front of the screen. <laughs> Uh, oh, there we go. Uh, yeah, we're going to do that. Yeah, I see it. I see it. Yeah, we're going to... We, he wants me to talk about the Amazon uh, oh, yes. censorship. We're going to get into it. I, okay. I, I, that's, censorship is what I thought we were going to talk mostly about. Yeah. We got into a lot of other stuff here too. But uh, before I go to break, uh, I, I want to say that I, I always... when The way this show is scheduled, I get my... Um, electronic delivery of the new england journal of medicine during my wednesday show which just came through and i always okay i was on the dl try to check it here and the lead article is entitled see the the, the new england journal is no longer filled with science it's got science, some science but it used right. to be just science yeah lead article the risks of normalizing parental vaccine hesitancy wow lead article new wow. Journal there we go see uh, See, there it is. The other side's dangerous. Their kids are in danger. I got. I'm going to read this during the break and see if yeah. I can pull out. Uh, the, he seems he might be reasonable. Uh, double down efforts to increase confidence. All right, but the complexity of the issue addressing parental vaccine hesitancy requires partnerships. Yeah, he's, he's okay. It's not not what I was expecting. It's yeah. all right. He's he's you know wanting to build. This is what all I would ask for. Build community, build discourse, build, let Dell come in and raise his concerns. And, yeah. you know, and, and by the way, and this is the part that I feel very, very, very strongly about. Give you guys, you pediatricians that want uh, the vaccines to be normalized, you must give physicians the information they need to give informed consent. And that should be memorialized in some sort of a document. And if patients want to see the data, you should provide the data. And if they decide in concert with that doctor that they, the two of them together decide they don't want to do this, that should be nobody's business. Nobody's business. Now, I understand there are some public health concerns. And at a certain point, I understand that certain diseases, that needs to be discussed that way. But what a doctor and a patient does together is really nobody's business. And the more we intrude on that, the more the more the more we violate people's liberties. That's just the beginning of them. Uh, and of course, free speech. Now, the one I thought we'd always have protection for is completely under attack. And we're going to talk about that after the break. We all know the value of a good night's sleep. We feel better, look better, have more energy to spare, but you could be missing out on all of those benefits if you're sleeping on sheets that are too hot or too cold or just plain uncomfortable. I have the solution. Cozy Earth Bedding. Cozy Earth is the softest and most comfortable sheets, blankets, loungewear, and more. They use premium viscose from highly sustainable bamboo, and we sleep in them regularly. I wear their t-shirts. Susan wears their pajamas. Cozy Earth Bedding comes with a 100-night sleep trial, which means you have up to 100 nights to sleep on them, wash them, try them out. 
If you're not in love, just return them within 100 days for a full refund. Susan and I love them. In fact, we have Cozy Earth sheets on our bed right now, and they made a huge difference in our sleep. If you've never tried Cozy Earth, we have some awesome news. You can save up to 35% off Cozy Earth right now. But hurry, this offer will not last. Go to CozyEarth.com, enter my promo code DREW at checkout for up to 35% off on your first order. That is CozyEarth.com, promo code DREW, C-O-Z-Y-E-A-R-T-H, CozyEarth.com, code D-R-E-W. Are you one of the millions of American women and men dealing with premature hair thinning and hair loss? Or maybe you're scared about inheriting that thinning look because it runs in your family? Start 2024 with a real solution that delivers results without the harsh side effects or unwanted chemicals and no need for prescription. Provia uses a safe natural ingredient, Procapil, to effectively target the three main causes of premature hair thinning and hair loss. By supporting healthy scalp circulation, the delivery of nourishing nutrients, and healthy hair follicle anchoring to your scalp, Provia guarantees more hair on your head than in the shower or on your comb. Right now, new customers save over 50% plus free shipping. Every introductory package includes a full 60-day supply of Provia serum for daily use, plus the Provia Super Concentrate for faster, more noticeable results. Don't wait. Order now to save an extra 10% and get free shipping at ProviaHair.com forward slash Drew. That's P-R-O-V-I-A-H-A-I-R, ProviaHair.com slash D-R-E-W. Do support the people that support us. We appreciate that very much. We are very careful with who we uh, bring to you. And this is no exception, CB Distillery, uh, maybe some joint aches, uh, sleeping issues. You might consider CBD from CB Distillery. CB Distillery targeted formulations are made from the highest quality clean ingredients. No fluff, no filters, just pure effective CBD solutions designed to help support you. In two non-clinical surveys, 81% of customers experienced more calm. 80% said CBD helped with their pain after physical activity. And 90% said they slept better with CBD. And uh, listen, Susan Pinsky will get on the mic in a second and tell us about her. She's been having good results in her square veins thumb. If you struggle with health concern and haven't found relief, consider CB Distillery. And with over 2 million customers and a solid 100% money-back guarantee. CB Distillery is the source you can trust. And we have good news. 20% discount to get you started. Visit cbdistillery.com. Use code DREW for that 20% off. That is cbdistillery.com. Code DREW. cbdistillery.com. How's your thumb, Susan? What did you call that? Dequer veins. It's called um, dequer. It's a really common thing that people get, which yeah. most, many of you had this, it's this tendonitis and soreness in this part From of the texting. thumb. texting. Um, it's from not being so young. I strained so, my, my, I sprained my thumbs when I was a kid, but I have to say things, I rubbed it on. Neither five of those things ago. have anything to do with it. I'm sure you did do those things, but this is just something. I rubbed on the Oud, uh, distilled, yeah. uh, it's sort of like a balm yeah. and it like smells good too. Stuff. It, it actually helps the pain. It's weird. Yep. There you go. I've never used hey, this before. I got to so. say, there I did it too. Yes, sir. Yesterday, I forgot to mention that on yesterday's right. show. I did exactly what Susan did. I put it on my the part of my hands, mm -hmm. that muscle, where it's, it's I guess, the texting mm -hmm. and the holding the mouse and typing the keys. An and hour I later, I noticed. The same, um, yeah, this, it's, no, no, it's up higher. It's, it's like it's, in, uh, like right below my thumb. So mine's different, I guess, than hers. Yeah, it's yeah. like on yeah, the yeah. inside of my oh, hand. Oh, no, it's the same. Oh, yeah, it's you're the right. Same. Yeah, it's right That's there. the same general I, thing. 
I literally, yeah. Susan, I never tried that that way. And Susan suggested that before yesterday's show. So I put it on before yeah. yesterday's show. By the end of the show, yeah. my left hand felt so much better than my right hand because that's yeah. the one I tested I, it I on. don't want to give so, these guys, I don't want to yeah. go super crazy on this, but <laughs> right. it is something I've recommended that's to That's a patients. really good promotion. Yeah, it is something I've recommended <laughs> to patients. I'm a fan of the topical stuff in particular. I, that's my particular thing. And it's not surprising to me that you guys also- And we put the result. dog to sleep yesterday. That Yes, we did. <laughs> not- we didn't. We didn't. We didn't use <laughs> the dog. Down. Wrong wording. Get out the CBD. Well, put the dog down. So I also I, I I did have a chance to look at the New England Journal uh, for this week, and there's some real science in here. I'm happy to say I'm delighted to see it. It's some really good stuff too. And uh, but uh, that opening article, I will I will look at a little more carefully as time goes on here and sort of see what we can do. I, I And uh, someone who came with Dell has said, hesitancy should be, when you see the word hesitancy, you just should think curiosity. Yeah, That people who are hesitant are curious and want information. And we, as doctors, should be very interested in providing that to patients. So I don't know. Uh, it's been a very weird experience, all this. Like, for instance, I'm I'm a Paxlovid fan. I think Paxlovid works great. I've had some great experience. And now yeah. I treat mostly very old patients with multiple medical problems who could get into very serious trouble with COVID. Mm -hmm. And so Paxlovid keeps them out of trouble. And uh, there's some rebound and stuff here and there, even though the people have told me, there's no rebound. It's just, yeah, there's rebound from Paxlovid. It happens, but it's worth that risk if you have a very old patient with lots of medical problems and they're going down the, sh the shitter with the COVID. This is very, very helpful to have a Great. strong medicine like that. It's really not been shown to be useful under the age of 65. We really don't know what we're doing in vaccinated patients, even with co with Paxvid. But I can tell you from my clinical experience, which is meaningful, yes. that there's some utility to this. Uh, and so there's, you know, there's again, it's all about context and the specificity and the risk reward of a given case at a given age with a given medical context. That's what patients should be. Doctors should be doing for patients. It's amazing to me that we've gone the opposite direction. When at a time where you know, we, with all the computers and all the files, we should be able to track people oh. better and deal with them on a personal basis. Yeah. Instead, everything's becoming more and more of a one size fits all. And I'll be honest, all of these laws that are, you know, taking people's rights away, you're also taking away like a second opinion. As far as I can tell. If all doctors, as you're saying, are only employees, and essentially the dictates sort of seems to be coming from regulatory agencies that are, you know, seem to be taken over by the pharmaceutical industry, and, just and so look, it just look, sort of trickles. Look down. no further than the opioid crisis. Right. That was the, that was your that was your model for what happened in COVID. Same thing happened. Yep. Evangelizing physicians became convinced that pain should never be experienced in America ever again. And that anybody who wasn't using as many opioids as possible was, quote, opiophobic and was guilty wow. of patient abuse, not malpractice, a criminal act for which the lawyers love that, jumped all over it, a criminal action of patient abuse. So we started seeing patient doctors go to prison and get gigantic fines for inadequate, not giving enough opiates. That's amazing. Then- <laughs> These same physicians and physician groups got a hold of the VA. They invented pain is the fifth vital sign. VA adopted it as policy. California Medical Association, Joint Commission on Hospital Accreditation, Insurance Aid, boom, boom, boom. Boom. And that, there's your opioid crisis. At the end of it, 90% of all Vicodin on earth being prescribed in the United States because of these, again, back to our original model, people believing they're doing something really good. Right. And doing something horrible. My point being, though, Burks, I think you're... Deborah Burks, think Burks. Yeah. Lockdowns, she did that. Yeah. 
Well, so. look, but I think doctors are just about to just be replaced by kiosks. I mean, if all the doctor's going to do is just punch in, what is your ailment? And here comes the drug, you know, boop, here's well, the drug you give to, somebody. To, to be fair, I'm pretty sure I can do that myself. You know, I just, a, what, is, what, is, what is the site that I go to and then just hand well, it guess over? What? There's a lot of stuff you should be doing by yourself. Yeah. Stuff is pretty routine and perfunctory these days, and we shouldn't be encumbering the system. You certainly shouldn't be going to ERs and urgent Right, taking up that time. There's a lot, that's what I've been doing with the wellness companies. You should have yeah. a lot of stuff. Do you know that you can – People, they're very worried about syphilis right now. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, your phone's making noise again. Oh, is that time. me? Yeah. Is that, yeah. yeah. So – <laughs> my phone, this microphone, it's with the microphone. we have this great blue mics. They're great, so great. But, uh, but uh, what was I saying about this? That you know, you know, we should, you should have syphilis. Oh, something about syphilis. syphilis. You know, people are very well. Oh, syphilis on the rise right now. Do you know you can take doxycycline every day if you're sexually active, and much like you can take prep for HIV and prevent HIV, you can take doxycycline every day and prevent syphilis and gonorrhea and chlamydia. Why aren't we doing that more? I don't know. Or you could just find that. a decent monogamous relationship. It's different, different, issue, different issue. Different <laughs> issue. Different issue. I'm, I'm trying to meet people like, where no, they are, my but, friend. But look, I, I, wanna, I think we could transfer it right now into the, the, the conversation that we talked about, which is on this censorship front, right? Yeah, because yeah. exactly what you're saying, you know, when we see the opioid crisis and you see doctors being thrown in jail yep. for not, you know, promoting and selling more opioids, when yep. you see this level of top-down yep. corruption, really, yep. Yep. being driven by the pharmaceutical industry all you have in a free country is the freedom of speech what you have is the doctors like you or somebody writing yeah, a book i was or going out. i was speaking up about it like right. crazy all through the 90s and i was crushed by the regulatory agencies including the department of mental health my own hospital administration i was a dinosaur i was interested in patient suffering and my heroin addicts who i was taking <clears throat> off of heroin who were uncomfortable should be given opiates wow it's insane. So it was right. insane. It was so insane. And then they went and killed my patients once I got them off everything and got them well. They would put them back on and they'd die. And, Not and, immediately, right. by the way. The, the, the prevailing wisdom would be, well, of course, they were no longer sensitive and they took their usual dose. No, they died months and often, usually months later, as the pain specialists stepped up the opiates and the benzodiazepines until they stopped breathing. Do not take benzodiazepines and opiates together, ever. Not yeah. without very careful supervision, but the but the books books. Yeah, so I mean, you know, what we're talking about right now is Jim Jordan. You know, um, is having these hearings, and you know, the same cat, this Andy Slavic guy, who you know start, you know, was reaching out to Twitter and the social media platforms, you know, trying to basically get them to change their algorithm so that anybody that wasn't supporting the government or supporting the vaccine program or things like that there's wouldn't the, be able to, you know, there tweets. we go. So so yeah. here it is. The, how did the Biden White House conclude that there was a propaganda misfriction at books sold in Amazon's bookstore? They would just, they would run these searches, right? On and and by the like way, vaccine. I would say do not blame Amazon for this. But I, I saw some tweets before the show. They're going, should, yeah. we, should we buy and ban it? Should we avoid Amazon? No, this is the government. This isn't right. Amazon. Amazon was just doing its thing. And then these. And Amazon was asking, <laughs> I mean, honestly, when you look at these emails that were being exchanged, they're like, wait a minute, what are you. Are you asking us to? Yeah, what are you asking like, us to do here? Yeah, get rid of books. These are the I same mean, like, people that are complaining about books that aren't in the library in Florida. Right. Not book books that are unavailable. My book was one of the banned books, by the way. My, the book I wrote with my congratulations. daughter. Congratulations. Thank you. And and it was Alabama. yeah, it was in Alabama. It was banned. And and uh, but you can get it. You want Amazon? You can get it. You can go anywhere and get right. it. Right. But it was banned in the public library. Yeah. Fine. I don't give a shit. Uh, but 
This is actual banning of books. Yeah. This is making it so you can't find the books. So you can't find it. I mean, what I mean, when we talk about like book burning, right? This I mean, is this, it. Is this is modern book burning. This is electronic book burning. That's 100%. it. hundred percent. And and we I saw this before. Uh, gosh, I saw some electronic book burning, but even before COVID, I saw some waves of this come around. So well, I'm not look, that people, surprised people by people that it. have been, you know, when and when I got into this whole vaccine and autism and all of that space, these parents that have been dealing with autism for years have been watching the books and the things that they're sharing with each other that are working getting banned like this long before COVID ever mm, came around, right? As soon as they're finding, hey, this treatment seems to be working for me, the treatment gets banned, the books recommending the treatment get banned, they're getting flagged. So these are things that have been going on. COVID just like really, I think, took it to another level. And, you know, it, it, it really tore off the, 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 the band-aid or yeah. tore, tore off the whatever cloak was there. You know, there was a cloak of silence and a boom. It's all of a sudden, oh, yeah. I didn't know. I just didn't know. Well, that's why I told Dave Rubin in the interview last week, like, I, that's, I'm considering everything now. I'm open to everything. I had no idea. Now I can't trust anything in the mainstream media. I just, I mean, I, I just. <laughs> well, by the way, I mean, and, and, and I know you know this and we've talked about it and I've been saying for years, just watch the commercials between the breaks of your mainstream media and count how many pharmaceutical ads there are and then recognize that is who's paying the salary of the news anchor you're listening to. So if you're expecting a story, if there's a problem with a drug, do you think that that news anchor is going to be able to deliver it? I've been saying that for years. I will tell you now. Now that COVID just made these companies like $100 billion, watch your television now. I mean, I, I was watching football, you know, a rarely, a rare moment, get home to watch a playoff game. And like every, I'm, I swear, it feels like every single commercial is a pharma ad. I was just on Spotify listening to music. Every commercial is a pharma ad. Folks, they have just taken over the planet Earth. There's nowhere in media yeah. that they are not just telling you, you are sick, you need drugs, you will not live without these drugs. Do you have restless leg syndrome? Do you have a rash? Do you have anything that's bothering you? We've got a drug for it. You know Come what, and get it. You know what's, what's kind of fu funny is that uh, the the ones that are not, <laughs> I was looking at this last night, in fact, the ones that are not the pharmaceutical ads are personal injury lawyers. <laughs> it's like, right. And Adam Corolla brought this up to me the other day. He said, you know, he goes back when I was homesick at school in the 70s, the ads would be about, hey, you learn how to drive a truck, learn how to get a job, learn how to advance yourself. Now it's, all personal injury lawyers right. how to take advantage of the system it's it's really sad it's really it's really sad, sad. And, yeah. and then now you were a producer at the show the doctors which, yeah which i like that show and i like the guys it you was had. a great show i really yeah. enjoyed was working pharma show. getting involved with you guys there were they trying to find their way in? Did they find their way in? You know, what I would say about that is you just kind of learn as a producer the stories that you can do and the ones that you should probably stay away from. It's not like you get sat down, like, don't ever talk about this or do something like this. You just get pushed back on certain stories. Where, where from you know, where? Uh, in your meeting, like when you go or, in, you or, or would it be the the? Oftentimes, it was all based on ratings, right? If the ratings are down, they go, "Hey, maybe you avoid that." Yeah, well, ratings is what's supposed to drive the yeah. decisions, right? And and I would say I was one. I was probably the most controversial producers of all the producers that were on the show. I would do very controversial stories, like when the WHO ruled that uh, glyphosate, which is sprayed on like ninety percent of our yeah. crops, is probably carcinogenic to human beings. I decided to want to do a show on it, but I do a lot of research. And then I had a debate on the show between, I got Donna Farmer, the head of toxicology to show up from Monsanto. And I got Jeffrey Smith who'd written 
books on the subject and like really had that debate. And the, the lawyer would always, for the show, would always say, Dell, you cost us more money than anybody. But, you know, I knew where I was pushing the envelope. Most people are just riding along, but there's certain topics. And, and you have to understand you're doing, you know, interstitials and we're doing product placement inside of the show. Yeah. So all of those things, you know who you're working for. Right. Um, and so you just, and every once in a while, there'd be a story like the one that gets me in the middle of this whole conversation when I pitched the story of a whistleblower inside the CDC that was coming forward and saying they were committing scientific fraud in the vaccine safety studies. You know, in that rare moment, the executive producers laughed. They were like, are you out of your effing mind? Yeah. We are not going to say that the CDC has corrupted the vaccine program or has bad scientists inside of it. And we're not going to really, you know, destroy a Merck vaccine, you know, that's everyone uses. And so that was one of the rare moments where they just came out and said it. Like, are you out of your mind? But usually you just they're like, ah, we're not really going to touch that topic. What did the physicians in the panel say? Did they did they ring in on that? I'm just curious. On what the on doing that topic? Oh uh, no, did it get that, to them? You, never that, got to them. You know, the only person I did talk to uh, Travis Stork, who mm. you know really people don't realize. I mean, he was sort of our our moral compass your, for the show anchor. and the anchor. anchor. Yeah. But he also was our science specialist. Like when you would bring a heavy science yeah. story, he would be the one fact checking. Yeah. Really, really smart guy. No, I, uh, I, I know, know Travis. He's very yeah, good. Really and he, great, and not just a good scientist, a good clinician, yeah. and he had a yeah. good sense of things and he and I would talk about stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, so I when I well. first was looking at that story, I went to him personally. I said, you know, what do you think about the vaccine program? He's like, they don't make any money. There'd be no reason to corrupt that. That's what I said back then. And I didn't that I is, didn't know that that, is, that that would be, I was like that, that was my, dumbstruck. I was like, I don't know where to go with that. That, that was you know? what, what we were told at the time was that vaccines were a loss to the pharmacies. They were just a straight out loss. Right. And the only way to make it reasonable for them to manufacture vaccines was to protect them so they could do it, so they could mm. do this lost leader uh, and make this social good for us without making any money. Right. Yeah. You're well, laughing. I am laughing. Um, but uh, obviously, whether that was ever true, I'm not sure. But now we know. So let's, let's, know, so, so we should ask uh, yeah. Bobby Kennedy about that. He would Indeed. probably know. Right. Indeed, yeah. And that that's one of the things, you know, Bobby's amazing. I've been working with him for years. We've brought some lawsuits together against the government. We won a lawsuit together against Health and Human Services. And now I'm uh, director of communications with him, which is just an incredible honor. But um, sort of getting back, when, you, when we talk about these issues, it's really yeah. the corruption of regulatory agencies. I think at the heart of probably, you know, there's some, there's some major issues America's dealing with right now. But if you just clean that one up, if you got all of the corporate funding out of our regulatory agencies and got back to the reason they're there, which is to protect citizens against greedy corporations, you know, that are either poisoning us or putting us in danger. I mean, all the way to the FAA, look at these, this airplane issue. And as you hear the story, it's the same issue that I'm dealing with with vaccines. It's the same issue you're looking at when you're, you know, dealing with you know, drugs and, and painkillers and, you know, all of it is that. Bobby said to me, it's the same with the military. Yeah, when you take, when you put the heads of the that. industry into your regulatory agency was what the FAA did. You look back and all of a sudden it's like, well, we don't need to pick the paint colors on your plane. So you do that yourself. We don't need to test that. You know, we don't need to design your bathroom. You know, while we're at it, we don't really need to be involved in testing your engine. You guys do that and just tell us how it turned out. And then you get, you know, planes dropping out of the sky, which they do. You start finding out they put an automatic pilot on the 
on the on the plane and never told any of the pilots it's on there so they're fighting this autopilot i mean so the whole thing it's over and over and over again and when you really do a deep dive in any one of these topics like i'm not a specialist on faa or or even you know energy but when i go to these conferences to talk about what i do know which is the vaccine program and how that has skipped all the safety testing you thought had happened and you start talking to someone else that's the head of you know one of the big voices in one of these other you know regulatory agency corruptions this it's the same game being played over and over and over again there's nothing that changes but but halfway into the conversation is like let me guess i bet you i can finish this story for you i know where this goes yeah uh, i in in my world i was telling dave rubin this i'll say it again here is that uh, I cannot even allow a drug company representative into my office to give me a pen if the pen has a medication name on it. That's the level of restriction I have with interaction with the drug companies. Mm. It used to be they'd come in and pitch and all that stuff. And yeah. No, they are not. We are not allowed to ethically and I think legally now, we're not allowed to have any contact. They can send us emails saying, would you like samples? And that's about it. And with the samples, they'll send some you know, material about their drug, whatever. Okay. That's it. While the government shares lives and jobs with these guys. And it's funny, again, this is another area where I change. I met, um, gosh, who was the guy that was the head of the HHS under Trump that used to be the head of Lilly? Really good guy. Nice guy. He's a lawyer. Um, I'm spacing his name too. But, no, but he was the, he was somebody. Caleb helped me out with that. Uh, he he Look was Health and Human Resources, Health and Human Services, uh, and he was also president of Lilly before he came over and did this job. Mm -hmm. was, oh, I can see his face. So I can see his face too. Yeah. And and I thought, oh, Alex God. Azar. He he. he uh, Azar. Al yeah. Azar. Alex Azar. Uh, it's like, yeah, it's like good. He understands how these things work. He can right. He can so you were the. I was like, this is good. This is good. these regulators, they can understand what the right. drug companies are doing and how hard this all is. And I and then I, I didn't consider the downside, which is comical, really. But we have to we. We, we, we need we need it. laws in place there. Yeah. Like I think at least you have to have some sort of at least like maybe like a five year, you know, uh, stay where you cannot go back into the industry if you're working for our regulatory agency. So you don't just go and sweep in and exactly you know exactly. make a huge you know yeah. investment in your career yeah. by working for the government for a year or two. Uh, Scott Gottlieb, when you look at these guys, I mean, they go and then they just, it's like they get paid off for having been there. Yeah. See, I don't, I don't want to lose the talent. You know, some of these people Correct. are very I mean, it's, great it's, talent. Right. It's, it's, uh, it's but we got to figure, we got to regulate how they're regulating <laughs> something. Yeah. Something's got very remiss there. And um, another opportunity for me to apologize. You're hearing today some of my evolution over <laughs> the last few years. Yeah. I apologize for my ignorance. Uh, to some of these issues before, and I'm sure I've got issue. I'm sure I've gone too far in some areas, and I've got persistent ignorance in others to this moment. But it's about trying to ascend to the truth, ladies and gentlemen. That is our goal. That is the should be each of our tasks. What I've been saying lately is, of course, because of the uh, overtake of uh, critical theory and post-structuralism, truth doesn't matter anymore. Mm. Truth does matter.
Truth matters to me. Me too. But that's yeah. no longer fashionable. Just right. you know, ask your kid about truth. See if, yeah. he, see if it's coming back. You know, the, the editor for the Wall Street Journal was just at the World Economic Forum, and she said, it used to be that we owned the facts. We owned the truth. If we stated something yep. in our paper, people just accepted it. Yep. Now they want to know where our, we're getting our information from, and they don't trust us anymore. And I'm like, good. Yeah, how dare Finally, we? Finally, how dare yeah. they ask us how we came to our conclusion? So what you do know? you what do you think about the World Economic Forum and the World Health Organization and their so-called treaty and uh, this this uh, again if I had it not been had this been five years ago I would have been calm, calm down everybody now I'm like I've seen what this does I've seen it you showed me what who you are you showed me what you do with centralized authority I've seen it it's egregious yes. it's terrible you do untoward harm we can't give this to you I'm sorry you're not only you're not trustworthy it just it clearly doesn't work in human systems to be that centralized Look, I mean, first of all, when they advertise to you that here's our great plan, you're going to own nothing and you're going to be happy. That's about all I need. Right there. It's like, whoa, hold on a second. And you see it. Then when you see it actually happening, when you watch these giant, you know, corporations, BlackRock, State Street, Vanguard moving into the, the, the housing market. And now you're, you know, the, the, the college students are never going to be able to buy a house. When you see families trying to compete for a home and they're being outbid by a cash offer. And then you look behind that, what looks like a mom and pop company, but it's really owned by the biggest, you know, oligarchs. Black of finance Black, Black, there is uh, Blackstone right Blackstone's, yeah. and they're telling you we're going to own 60% of the you know the family home market by I think 2030 and then you realize they don't just say you're going to own nothing and be happy they're moving in that direction we're seeing the same thing we just mm -hmm. we just covered a story Bobby did a brilliant interview we just put out of this uh, young woman who just had a daycare center mm -hmm. that was you know a franchise but then the franchise got bought up by a gi giant conglomerate they wanted to jack up her prices she didn't want to go along with it and then they started suing her out of existence she's Jeez. fought her ground and is they're trying to throw her in jail and everywhere she cannot get her day in court because everything's turned to arbitration. So they've controlled the arbitration system. You can't get in front of a judge and you're just being outmanned by a giant multi-billion dollar corporations. And now they're behind and what it's a really fascinating story. They're buying up all these mom and pop shops and keeping the skin on it, right? Joe the plumber, I've been here since 1992 doing plumbing. But if you actually look behind that company and their website, you realize, no, it's not. It's this giant, you know, corporate massive machine. And they happen to own all the other plumbers in town. So if you think, well, go get a second opinion, you're competing with the same company. All of what we see is in America, this idea of the entrepreneurs and the family businesses, it is being just just taken over by this monster and the WEF and this sort of globalist picture, this globalist idea is what's doing it. And if we don't wake up, we're really going to be in trouble. So we're going to be it's, slaves. It's back to everything centralized, centralized, consolidated, yes. centralized. And then if that consolidated corporate world sidles up to the government, well, now we have fascism. The parallel economy has empowered us to care for our health, well-being, as well as longevity. Likewise, for us pet parents who now have a place to go when it comes to keeping the family dogs, cats, even horses in the best shape possible. As a dog dad, I'm thrilled to be working with Pet Club 24-7, a company founded by two guys who lost dogs to serious conditions, including cancer. Pet Club 24-7 has an incredible array of products, including a line of supplements for humans, such as the Inforce Plus Corollius Versicolor and Inforce Corollius Versicolor with Reishi. My friend and colleague, Christina Ferrari, a cancer survivor herself, swears by it. When I was diagnosed, 
the doctor in the emergency room told me, you have two years to live. Oh boy. Along with the stem cell, I took these. I have been in remission for eight years now. For dogs, mush puppy treats are a fan favorite. Rex, you want to, oh boy. <laughs> he came right. Oh, there he is. They are also made with the Coriolis versicolor mushroom, which supports their immune system, according to hundreds of clinical studies. Here's Kristen Ludlow, National Vice President. That strain does matter. We do have the most potent strain, and we also extract it in a proprietary way. And that's why we've been having such wonderful experiences with these products. Mush puppies are made here in the U.S. There are no fillers. It's non-addicting. Your dog can't accidentally overdose. Go to drdrew.com slash petclub247 for discount off the list price. That is drdrew.com. P-E-T-C-L-U-B-247, Pet Club 247. Right? That's the original is? definition of fascism, yeah. right? Is, is a government, Let's not you know, confuse for the corporations. with totalitarianism and authoritarianism. Fascism is a government corporate yeah. unity. Yeah. And if the, if the corporations have found their way into everything, it's a very small step where the government gets involved. Well, I'm... You know, it's it's weird because, again, like going through my background, if there was one, like, hero in my family, it was Jimmy Carter. I mean, when I was, like, going to third grade. Oh, you, yeah, you, my parents, yeah. you know. I, you I remember wearing, family. like, a peanut T-shirt to third grade, <laughs> yeah. you know, in Texas. That was, like, not the thing to do there. And my parents would always talk about, like, this idea of the U.N. It's like Star Trek. All the nations are going to come together. We're all being, like, one global family. It was a really beautiful idea. And it's a lot of what I think liberals and progressives grew up with, right? Is this yeah. kumbaya, we're all in yeah. this together. The bread, America can be the breadbasket of the world. Now I'm like, wait a minute. You know, Carter brought in the Trilateral Commission. And, like, uh, you know, and I started looking at... All of the beauty, if it was ever supposed to be beauty, is gone. Now it's just massive corporate control and power. It owns our government, owns our regulatory systems. It is now taking over our businesses and it is, you know, deciding whether, and all these smart cities, this idea that I'm not going to be able to move 15 minutes from my house. I mean, these are the ideas coming out of the WEF. And this is why, you know, I'm such a huge fan of Bobby Kennedy, because this is a guy that has literally been fighting these people in court his whole life, fighting for individuals' rights, for the, you know, the right to be safe and healthy, to not have your river poisoned, and for whatever, you know, I mean, and we, we allowed ourselves to get like a bad taste in our mouth about regulatory agencies just make business expensive. Well, n no, I mean, they're there to protect you. You don't want something just poisoning your river I mean, none but of you us. You don't want the regulatory agency controlled by the business. Controlled by the business itself, yeah. which is where we're at now. Yeah. So now, like when my my family would call and say, you know, Donald Trump's going to blow up the regulatory agencies, I was like, good. I mean, in some ways, I hope he does. I remember when he was was in office, because at least then you'll know no one's protecting you. You need to read every label. Do not trust anything mm -hmm. that you are putting in your body. Don't trust any of this mm -hmm. because they're not working for you. They're working for those corporations. We're just just look at fluoride in water. You know, there's this there's this document, this this study done by the the top toxicology company. There is and found that 52 of 55 studies that looked at fluoride, that the increase in fluoride reduces the IQ in children. Mm. 52 out of 55 studies and uh, Levine, you know, HHS secretary blocks it so that no one can. It was only through FOIA requests that they finally had to like let go of a study. When did our regulatory agencies, our health agencies keep us from seeing that we're actually being poisoned 
by a product that's being dumped into our water. I mean, this, this is what's going to stop. This is what Bobby Kennedy, those days are over. Those days are going to be over for this corporate capture. The days of these corrupted scientists that work for industry will be over. I can guarantee you that. You know, the rest of it, you can decide what you want, but that is what this is about. This is about protecting humanity. Again. It seems like there's a similar argument or story to be told about media with the centralizing authority. and the, yes. those, you, I mean, look at all the, the parroting of the same things over and over and over again during COVID. They're all saying the exact same phrases over and over yeah. again. If one isn't safe, no one is safe. If one is, I, 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 where yeah. the hell did that come from? Yeah. And th that was dumb on dumb. But... Um, yeah, uh, it's interesting. I, I found Bobby to be a very reasonable guy, very smart guy. Uh, he he's a good he's a good human being and has done a lot of good good work in his life. Yeah. And the fact that he gets vilified and turned into a cartoon character and people says he says things he doesn't say, which yeah. is always what happens on social media. It's never what you say; it's what somebody says you said. And, I would uh, say that there's no but anyone that says that they're against Bobby Kennedy hasn't heard him speak. Yeah, if you really ask, you, you can say, disagree you know, with him on a lot of this and that, but but you you yeah. once you talk with him, you play. Like, oh man, this guy's got some ideas. Yeah, and and I'm gonna you're going to agree with a lot of what he's saying. And who who do you agree on everything they're saying? But mm -hmm. the people that really have like a you know a visceral reaction when they hear his name, they've never heard him speak at all. Mm -hmm. They've got some idea of what he's talking about. And the big one being you know eight years, nine, ten, whatever you know since the Rolling Stone article talking about vaccines. And you know I'd really like to just take a moment to just clear up for anyone listening right now what your big fear is. It's really simple. You know, I think that it's been blown out of proportion. First of all, Bobby's a, an, an attorney, right? All he's been doing is fighting for the protection of people his whole life. So if he's protecting the Hudson River, you know, if the Hudson River is poisoned, it's affecting a few families that fish in that river and those that are downstream. Doesn't affect me. Doesn't affect my life. Why do I care? You don't. Luckily, Bobby Kennedy does, and he's there fighting for the people who's going to matter and pushing back against those corporations and cleaning up their waters so that their way of life doesn't change. Very similarly with vaccines or any pharmaceutical product, as we pointed out, there are side effects to every single thing we take. There's not a drug or a vaccine on this planet that someone's not going to no, have a no, serious I reaction say, to. No, no free lunch in Mother Nature. There's no free lunch. You have to, you have to risk-reward, always risk-reward. So what's amazing always. is that this has been blown out of proportion. There is a group of people that are injured, maimed, and killed every year by the vaccine program. He's been specifically working with them, trying to figure out how to protect them. How do we get science done to figure out why are they having a bad reaction when the other, you know, yep. group other of people, people are not? Are not. Yep. All right, and, how do and identify why? Them ahead of time, and all ideally. that. So, what I would say to people is, if if vaccines work for you, this is what he's saying. If vaccines work for you. There's nothing in a in a Kennedy administration that's going to change that for you. Mm -hmm. All we're going to do is focus and get the NIH to say, stop avoiding this issue. Stop saying that's just an accepted casualty of reaching herd immunity. What we're going to do is use the NIH to say we're going to investigate those people. We're going to figure out what's look, look going at this on. Quote on the screen. There. I am not anti-vaccine. I want safe vaccines. We're both robust safety testing. It's that simple. The only thing this guy is going to do is make this program safer for everybody. He also told me he's going to take on some of the um, the, the scientific publication industry, which is so uh, distorted these days. Very, very concerning. Follow Vinay Prasad. Vinay Prasad, if you want to. Yeah, he's, he's been. He's been all over. Very smart man, physician, yeah. oncologist, and um, and he was going to. He was going to. He said he's going to bring him out on day one and prosecute them under RICO.
yeah for colluding until they figure out how to disentangle themselves from whatever is biasing their when, editorial process you know we've talked about before when you have every you know editor from i think it's almost every one of these major journals major journals coming out and saying we can't recreate sometimes 50 percent of the science that's in here yeah that's another problem uh, that's you know and by the way i don't mind that as long as they get to see the back and forth but unfortunately i don't get to see, they're they're there. That, and that's again like with the covid vaccine so many of these scientists that, and doctors that were po like really writing very important studies yeah. fine attack it they just pull it down well to me the the one the, again I, I have poster children for the excesses of covid like jay Bhattacharya for me is mm. the poster child for a wonderful man and a wonderful professional who was yeah. guillotined yeah that's he needs to be elevated and remembered, you know, as a, as a, as a, yeah. as a, as a, as a, a cautionary tale. But one of the, the uh, studies to your point about getting sidelined was that Danish physician that produced the study where they saw 90% of the adverse events from the COVID vaccine and 10% of the, the vats, the vials. Mm -hmm. do, you, do you know this study? No, I don't know. Oh, it remind God. me of it. It's, it's, that's, it, that is the study that was a very carefully, very well done study out of Denmark. Uh, a, a very thoughtful group. I forget the physician's name. We had her. We interviewed her a couple of times. Caleb, maybe you can help me with that. Uh, and she showed very clearly early in the vaccine distribution that the vast, 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 90% of the adverse events were responsible from a small group of, of mm, uh, the batch batches. Yeah. Yes. And so what was going on in those batches should be the next question. Let's go study well, that. Well, guess what? That's when my nonprofit just got the batches released because well, the, the problem is we don't know how big the batches were. And so even with that, that could have been a gigantic batch, right. which would have taken so, it away. So now you're getting at the stuff that uh, Jessica Rose and uh, yeah. Sasha Latipova have been talking about, which is the way it's manufactured has been kind of screwball also. Yeah. And so there's that. It needs to be looked at and addressed. But but the the uh, batch issue, um, that that study was sidelined for two years. It took two years to get published. should have been instantly published, and there should have been a follow-on. What's in those batches? Where'd they come from? Yeah. Two years, sidelines, go away. We're not going to publish this. Finally publish, and then no follow-on. Really bad. That's bad science. That really bad. And, or disprove it. Fine. Go disprove it. That's great. But, um, yeah, people are saying here they saw Dr. John Campbell today talking about the white clots. I, I don't... I, be careful with some of these things. Don't get too don't don't get over your skis, everybody. Be be careful. Yeah. Be skeptical about everything you're seeing I'm, and hearing, and uh, just take it all in. But don't don't run to one side of the boat. Yeah, I mean, I put like one of the things we did. We put a hundred vials under electron spectrometry because everyone was talking about graphene oxide, mm -hmm. and it wasn't in there. You know and what then, I mean? Yeah. It wasn't. I mean, I, I don't know what to say. People like, just oh, you're it. you're working for the other side. It's like, no, no I just. just just doing careful studies. Just doing careful studies. We like still I just, to, you know, we have to look at the double-stranded DNA stuff that's in there too, and that con you know, all the plasmids, like the, all that. the Let's yeah, just prove it. Good, agreed, excellent, excellent. Do it. Yeah, but uh, not not so so far. All right, listen, my friend, uh, I'm so happy you came in here. And, Me too. Uh, Can I plug a couple things? Do I have a all two, of it, two but, seconds? But I just want to say right. before you do, we're going to get into all your stuff. All right. Uh, just that uh, this has been our virgin journey in this studio, and I think it's gone well. And I appreciate you being a part Love of it. It's a beautiful and, studio. Uh, and uh, and Susan, you, you happy with this so far? This is uh, Susan's creation. You got to talk. I think it looks pretty good. Is that, and anything you want to ask? There's him? more stuff we need to do, but I would, I'm pretty I like happy it. with she's it. She's got she's on her on her shit here. Yeah. Any, any uh, questions for Dal before we let him? No, uh, I want to know about his uh, his um, 
event coming up in yeah. Los Angeles. All right. And you go ahead and ask so, questions about that too. So go ahead. Yeah. So well, look, I'm going to be at the Conscious Life Expo, which is happening all this upcoming uh, weekend at uh, Hilton in the LAX area. Uh, LAX Hilton. So that's just a great event. So many different speakers, all sorts of spiritual Hold on. topics. So that is there. the tenth and eleventh. Do you have the you is have it Saturday, over there, Susan? Sunday? I know. I think it is it Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or is it? It's on the Monday. I know for sure. Ninth through the twelfth. Ninth through the twelfth. Ninth through the twelfth. When you say the airport Hilton, yeah, that's on Century Boulevard right or there. something. Yeah, right Century, there on Century. Airport Hilton. Yeah, okay, so look LAX that up. Hilton. And if you go to Conscious Life Expo, you can. It's right there online. Conscious together. Life yeah. Expo. So I'm going to be speaking. I'm doing a, a talk on Sunday at two o'clock uh, here Pacific time, and then I'm on a panel at two o'clock on Monday talking about medical freedom, but I'm actually going to dive into the really uh, touchy subject of vaccines and autism. Actually, this is something that a lot of people just want to avoid, but uh, I've got, uh, because we've been bringing so many lawsuits, I've got some of the biggest scientists, Stanley Plotkin, really the godfather of the vaccine program. I have him on the stand under oath. You'd be amazed what they tell you about the science behind these things when they're under oath. I would have been uh, it's really so shocking. dismissive of this yeah. three years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so now I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical. Yeah. And I used to, you know, my friend Jenny McCarthy, I, I couldn't get near these. I, we were friends and yeah. I had to avoid these topics. Yeah. I'm like, I can't, I can't talk about this stuff. Now I'm like, okay, investigate it. Let's get into it. See, yeah. See what we can figure out. Uh, why not? Yeah, no, why look, not? look why I, I could blow your mind. I mean, I got some videos that right, will blow your mind. I'll send them over. Continue, you can take a look. Continue to investigate. Why well, not? and that's and that's the thing. Like, no matter what, you want people like me out there pressing the system, right? I'm asking yes. questions. That's the scientific method. It's the, the the heart of journalism, the heart of science is the same. Never stop asking questions. Never be afraid to ask a question to the establishment, whether it's a corporation or a government. If you start working for them, if you start like the that's way all of our media is, is now. moving. They seem to be that seem to it, be that's what they're propagandists like yes. they're like going out of their way to figure out how do we stop you know the social media people that are telling a different story they feel like they i mean it's so weird to see your media like how do i help them lock the people down yep you yep. know, it's really crazy. So, Vibe you know. Vibeki Menike was the physician I interviewed. Vibeke, oh, okay. I don't, I don't, uh, yeah. Yeah, I remind people every day now, I'm going to say it again here, there was one scientist that spoke up uh, with a discovery that literally challenged the fabric of everything of the church of the interpretation of the bible of where man thought he existed what what life was about and that man was suppressed by the powers of be and put before the spanish inquisition twice do you want to be part of the 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 group that suppresses the person that ends up being the next galileo or do you right. want to just allow them to speak and let this science work itself through we are not going to evolve I and mean, look, look in fact we haven't evolved away from throwing people in jail when they speak out against you know industry or the government is crazy and to see this government going out of its way the way it has to really censor people to burn books to shut people's websites down to get them off of youtube facebook all things that you've faced you know linkedin getting kicked out and then ironically when you see even these amazon files what you see is we don't want any books out there that is questioning the efficacy of the covid vaccine well guess what everyone questioned it was right we were right you know, it is. it did not stop infection. It did not end up doing what it said. You said it was 95% effective. Fauci said, if you get the vaccine, you will not catch it. Therefore, you can't give it all a total lie. Same guy is just now in front of the Congress, you know, basically saying, yeah, this social distancing thing that destroyed your lives. Made up. Yeah, kind of came out of nowhere. Didn't have any scientific basis. Made the up. very guy that sat there and said, if you question me, you're questioning science. <laughs>
I mean, it's outrageous. Wait, wait, put that back up wait, there wait, again. I, I missed That's it. what I've been me. saying. When you hear the names of legislation or anything done by the government, it's worth remembering that the group that sent so many people to the guillotine during the French Revolution was called the Committee of Public Safety. I think for Public Safety. Amazing. So I've been so so good. Elon's raising awareness about that. Retweet that for me, somebody. I love it because <laughs> that that is what I've been saying. You got. I, yeah. I brought this up to Adam yesterday. We were doing a podcast, and he was like, "Oh my god!" Because it's always about the safety. What's that, uh, uh, Caleb? Did you missed the the. Last Last part, it's called the. They called it the Committee of Public Safety, not the Cut Off Their Heads Committee. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't have been as easy to sell. And so, look, we have to keep a sense of humor. Let me go ahead and make another pitch uh, for the Kennedy campaign. We're having a giant night of comedy. Uh, it's a night of laughter here in Los Angeles, February twenty first at seven thirty. I will tell you right now, we got Adam Carolla in the house. It's going to be pretty awesome. Mike Binder, uh, Bobby Lee, Tim Dillon, Dustin Ibarra, and Rob Schneider. Uh, Cheryl Hines is going to be hosting. I understand you might hop on the stage. I would love to. Maybe if, uh, uh, help Carolla out a little bit. On. It's going to be a real blast. So people yeah. just go to Kennedy24.com, go to the events, and then look up the Night of Laughter. That's going to be really cool. And that's a tour we're sort of starting around the country because, I mean, look, we have a lot of work to do, but one of the things is that I love about this campaign is we're not going to make the change we need from fear. We, we've got to start, you know, recognizing we have power, we're empowered, the people, we the people have power. It's another thing here in California, if people go to Kennedy24.com uh, and then uh, look up our ballot measure here in California, where we got to get them on the ballots. So we've started We the People Party. So we need people to just register themselves as the We the People Party. 75,000 registrations and Bobby Kennedy is going to be on the ballot here in California. Did you did you have an option so, of We the People? I don't know. I'll try well, you, you have to type you, it in. So go to... Go Go to the, go to the website. Can, can you write it in? Uh, you, it's all online. You can do it okay, online. Okay, so it's okay. all set up for right. you, but we explain way, how to do it on the website. In California, you can change your party affiliation every 10 minutes if you want. Yeah. And, and, and by the so way, it doesn't mean you have to vote for it. It doesn't mean, mean you end do up though. having twice, to vote for so. Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> but across the country, for everyone listening, you know, Bobby is now polling between 21 and 26%. NBC just had him. It's really crazy. NBC just said in a poll that 34% of people said they're considering Robert Kennedy Jr., which means this is going to be a three-way race. In a three-way race, 34% can take it in those battleground states. So anyone that thinks that there's just no chance, no way, the truth is Bobby takes 5% from Trump, 5% from Joe Biden. He's the next president of the United States. We're really in an amazing position right here. Hawaii so if anyone's interested, if anyone's interested, go to the website, Kennedy24, all of his videos there, Where, YouTube what's channel. The, what's the web? I mean, how do we change our affiliation? Go to kennedy 24 com forward slash uh, I think it's CA dash ballot or ballot dash CA I'm sure someone's going to be like Dell how did you not know that but uh, look up ballot <laughs> California just, go, the, just yeah. go California registration and it, it, but the, the website helps you understand how to do it it didn't work but um I also I just wanted to mention one more thing we have a lot of Steve Kirsch fans here yeah and he's going to be at the Conscious Life Expo so oh. lots yeah. of great speakers yeah, yeah so I was just scrolling through all the people there's so many speakers. Mm. So many. So there's some great ones here, and mm. you you're busy. I'm busy. Yeah, I've got a lot going on. I feel really blessed. You know, it's. Uh, I think did you, did you ever imagine? Blessed. I think about this. I think about this kind of thing all the time. Here you are, TV producer, producing daytime talk. Did you ever see this in your future? All this? No. no I mean, right? I, it's such, so odd that. At this stage of life, this this becomes what we have. I was to a be, late bloomer for but sure. But we have anyway. to do it. We yeah. have to do it. It's it's like like you like this is crazy. Where people have to stand up and do something. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think the thing is everyone has to find that something. I think we all have to recognize we're alive in this time, in this moment. Uh, we should stop complaining what's happening in the world. You know, may, you know, what is the, the, the proverb, may you live in interesting times. Yes. Uh, may you live in times where your life actually means something. We do right now. Every single person right now, every dollar you spend, every vote you're making with the dollar and the choices you're making are deciding the future for our kids. This, all of these issues, AI mm -hmm. technologies, central banking, digital currencies, WF globalist powers, whether we're going to hold on to sovereignty in this nation or control of our own bodies, you know, all of these things are going to hit us in the next five, 10 years max. Mm -hmm. So it's not like we have to wonder what our grandchildren will be dealing with. We are deciding right now in this generation, in this moment, the future of our species. Are we going to adhere to the idea of freedom and liberty that was endowed to us with this great constitution and declaration of independence and bill of rights? Or are we going to throw it away and become a centralized, you know, authoritarian system that can't leave our homes? I mean, all of that is literally hanging in the balance right now in our hands this next election. I can't imagine why that would be appealing to people. Me neither. So hard for me to understand that but yeah. i try i always try to understand other people's points of view and i'm, I'm still trying on that one dell picture everybody anything else Did we miss everything i think that's it we can always do this again but i would uh, love to do it again you know so you'll be out here again i would say you know i feel blessed because i get to live a life where i'm you know Doing constantly stuff, forever yeah. curious i'm yeah. just i'm just passionately curious mm -hmm. and if that's hesitant then so be it <laughs> Be curious. All right. Thank you guys for being here today. Uh, let's put up the uh, schedule going forward, everybody. It's been a really great week. Thank you, uh, Emily Barsh, for uh, booking our guest. It was Roseanne yesterday. It's Dell today. Oh, Nikki and Jim Norton here tomorrow. They are so funny. It's a change of pace, but they, Jim's got some ideas. James O'Keefe on Monday, a special thought. I think it's noon. Jimmy Dore, Alex Berenson coming in, Zuby coming around, Rob Henderson, social psychologist. Check it out. Uh, we got lots of great guests coming. And uh, Dr. Yeah. Willie soon. Dr. Willie soon. Uh, after that, you can follow us at, 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 at Ask Dr. Drew for updates and shows on X. And at Dr. Drew is me on X and uh, Rumble. Uh, please subscribe on the Rumble channel. And we will see you today is Wednesday, tomorrow. And the YouTube channel if you want to. Okay. Uh, and tomorrow is with Nikki and, and uh, is it same time tomorrow? Tomorrow, yeah. Or, so. uh, they're going to actually be a little later, 3.30 or 4 o'clock. Okay. They so, have to come across town from Tiger Belly. Okay. So they're on Bobby Lee's show, who will That's, be at the comedy yeah. event, um, which is great. I, I feel so bad for them. They've been here for probably like a week, and it's been raining the whole time. <laughs> it's terrible. They're New York, But we survived the And Nikki's rain. from like. Finland or something. She's from Norway or something. You know, she's used to cold. Yeah, but when you go to California, you're always like looking forward to the it's, weather. It's pretty today. It's all over. It's and, uh, by the way, today. don't believe the press. It was way overblown what happened here. We had a, it rained. That's what happened in California. It rained. <laughs> yeah, but we and can't it, drive we in have deadly rainstorm. Rain. So we have nasty Pacific storms that come through here every so often, and this one only la and I mean only lasted three days. Usually they last seven to ten, and that's when they get bad. That's when we get the the mudslides and stuff. Anyway, it rained. So, uh, some people got had some mudslides. Of course. When it rains here, shit happens. We're, we're, it's, <laughs> I'm we just have, waiting we're for a desert. tree to fall on my house. Do you know the tree <laughs> fell? You, you haven't driven out here. What? There was a tree that fell across our street. Our street? Our street. And the city was here sawing it all up when oh, I left yes, this morning, I guess. Maybe oh, it was this okay. morning. So. Well, uh, maybe it was know. yesterday. It was yesterday. I haven't still left raining. the house all day. <laughs> yeah, it was when I went to Newport. It was then across the street then. And they, well, at least they came out and did their job. It, Yep, and, and we was gone. Stuck. I got across, no problem. <laughs> All right, tomorrow, 3.30 to 4, check it out. Nikki, uh, uh, Jim Jim Norton and Nikki Norton. Four uh, Pacific. More to, what's that? It's four Pacific Four o'clock Pacific. Yep.
Okay, it is four. Yeah. So we're going to do yes. it at four. Yeah, I guess. Yes, okay. at four. Yes. Thank you, Susan. <laughs> yes. Four o'clock. Thank you. All right, Listen, we'll see I, you there. Four I don't know. I have... Four o'clock Pacific. Thanks, Dale. Thank you for being here. When Thanks they get for here. having me, Drew. It's right. always a pleasure. See you soon. All right, everybody. Tomorrow, four o'clock. Ask Dr. Drew is produced by Caleb Nation and Susan Pinsky. As a reminder, the discussions here are not a substitute for medical care, diagnosis, or treatment. This show is intended for educational and informational purposes only. I am a licensed physician, but I am not a replacement for your personal doctor, and I am not practicing medicine here. Always remember that our understanding of medicine and science is constantly evolving. Though my opinion is based on the information that is available to me today, some of the contents of this show could be outdated in the future. Be sure to check with trusted resources in case any of the information has been updated since this was published. If you or someone you know is in immediate danger, don't call me, call 911. If you're feeling hopeless or suicidal, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255. You can find more of my recommended organizations and helpful resources at drdrew.com help. Thank <laughs> you.